Welcome to TechPoint Foundation for Youth's STEMcast, sponsored by Roche. Each episode, we sit down with an expert in the STEM industry to get the answers to questions students like me want to know. Roche Diagnostics is a proud sponsor of the STEMcast. Roche Diagnostics has been a part of the Indianapolis landscape since 1964. More than 4,000 employees work to provide insights that help people around the world manage and improve personal health conditions, leading in the development of diagnostic products for cancer, cardiac health, infectious diseases, women's health, and diabetes management. Roche is a proud supporter of TechPoint Foundation for Youth and the Advancement of STEM Education. Today, we're chatting with Jonathan from Corteva. And as always, I will be here to lead the interview. Let's get started. So my name is Jonathan Jones. I work for Corteva AgriScience. I'm an engineer by training. Uh, I lead three research laboratories focused on fermentation. So our job is really to think about how we can use microorganisms in the environment to create different chemicals of interest. And so our products go into insecticides or fungicides that help to protect plants from pests that can harm them in the environment. That is awesome. This is like just out of curiosity, but what did you go to college for? Like, what did you major in? Sure. So I I have an undergraduate in biochemical engineering. I went to the University of Georgia Um, And then just last year, I finished my MBA, uh, double majoring in marketing and supply chain operations from the Kelly School of Business. That is awesome. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I am completely off script, but I'm looking into chemical engineering or biochemical engineering. So it's really cool to hear you say all of this. Just side note. (laughs) Well, if you're ever interested in talking after this call, I'm always open. I would love that. Okay. I have a team of 11 and I also work with like 20 other people. So if you're interested more in manufacturing or kind of what a design engineer would do as a chemical engineer, I can connect you with people as well. Okay. I'm definitely going to get your email from Margaret and save it. That's awesome. Thank you. No problem. What's the most interesting or quirky job you've ever had before? (laughs) I would say the most interesting job that I had was the last role that I had. So I worked in the project management group And our job was to construct new fermentation or equipment at the manufacturing facility. And so one of my projects was actually fairly complicated. Um, My job was to remove the brains of a running chemical plant while the plant was still running (laughs) without shutting it down. And so I had to think creatively about how to do wiring, um, how do we incorporate the the understanding from our local network provider. So think like your Comcast or Xfinity or companies like that. And how do you do connection at a a larger scale? Uh, We really had to think about kind of the the project management aspect of we couldn't like do one thing and then jump to the next. We were kind of trying to do everything at the same time. So while we're running the wires for the site, we were also 
um, working on building a new room. While we're tearing down a building, we were also working on connecting electrical hubs. And so a lot of things were going on at the same time. It sounds like a lot of different details to manage. What were some of the failures or challenges from that project that taught you a lot? Yeah, so I would say the the challenges that taught me a lot were associated with kind of working with different partners or customers across the board. Uh, it was definitely challenging to work with different telecom companies or <laughs> because like the equipment was owned by one company and then the internet provider was another company and then you had the telephone company who did all of the phones and then we had to work with the network engineers who worked for our company. Kind of all those pieces together is what makes the project successful. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a headache, and I know I don't know much about it, but that's awesome. (laughs) What were some of the things leading up to your career that helped shape you into the person you are and made you steer towards STEM? In undergrad, or I guess going all the way back to elementary school, I was in a program called Discovery, uh, which was for um, students who were, in a lot of ways, uh, bored in class. Uh, And so... In this program, we would explore like different aspects of science, whether we had uh, investigations on the computer um, in the computer lab to think about, well, how is technology actually developed? I think at that time, smartphones were becoming a thing when I was in elementary, middle school. And so I think at that time we had like sidekicks, which you probably don't even know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) My my mom and um, Margaret are nodding their heads. Yes. (laughs) And so it was really cool because one of our projects was actually to kind of determine how a cell phone differed from a regular telephone. That kind of got me interested in how things work and the world around me. And so it was this focus on... Uh, technology and how it's an enabler to like solve today's challenges or to keep people connected. And so I think in middle school, I I got my first cell phone and I was super excited to text, but I had this great understanding of like how the technology actually worked and um, how it differed from the home line. Yeah, for sure. What are some of the activities or classes you would recommend students take now to set themselves um, on a path for a career in STEM later in life? Sure. Honestly, all of your classes are important for a career in STEM. Most people like would recommend that you just take a biology class or an advanced math class and a chemistry class. Those classes are definitely important. It's also impactful for you to pay attention in your English or language classes when you think about effective writing and communication or your history or culture classes when you think what are the implications or the the results of the technology that you develop as well. So right now within agriculture, a lot of what we're talking about is climate issues that exist and how our products help to um, meet those challenges. But then also at the same time, what are the socioeconomic problems that exist across the world. That's a lot of what you learn from historical context of what has happened in various regions. How does that impact um, the world around you? Your geography classes are super important. And so it's kind of this intersectionality or kind of how things overlap that make it important. So I would definitely focus on the the chemistries, the biologies. Math is really the core of a lot of science. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But don't discount those other classes. And so 
as an undergraduate student, I actually went to a look. I guess a fairly liberal arts university. It was a research university, but it wasn't like a engineering pure play institution. And so I was exposed to business concepts and I took a Latin American culture studies class. Um, we took classes on public speaking, which... Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, public speaking, I de- definitely uh, recommend. <laughs> if, you've, if you're afraid to talk in front of people... I would totally recommend it. I was that way in high school. So I I used to do prepared speech competitions to get over my fear. (laughs) That's awesome. What were some of your favorite classes, whether that be middle, high school, or even college? Yeah. So middle school, one of my favorite classes was life sciences. I think my favorite part of that class is when we got to dissect the owl pellet. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) That was a super cool experience. That very same year, I did science fair. And so I actually took some of those life science concepts that I was learning and applied that to my project. I think at that time, I was actually doing a project on different soil and temperature environments and how that impact plant growth. Who knew that uh, in 2021, I would be working in agriculture? Yeah, that's awesome. What's your favorite part about working in the STEM industry? I enjoy always having the opportunity to learn something new. Uh, you, you stay on the cutting edge of uh, what is possible um, as we think of society in general. I think oftentimes we, we consider what we see today as reality and the limit to possibility, but working in the STEM field really helps you to kind of move beyond that box, right? I think oh, yeah. if, if I think back to my childhood and what I was watching on movies or on television, at that time, it would be science fiction, but today it's our reality. And so just think what you see in the movies, what you see on TV could be a reality in the future. Uh, as we're talking about artificial intelligence, I guess one of my favorite movies was iRobot, where they had an artificial intelligence robot and interacting with different people across society. And on our site, there are actually autonomous security agents that they're like little robots that roll around the floor and they observe like different safety issues. They can look out for leaks. If there's an intruder in the building, it'll walk up to them and then the video will connect and they will have to scan their badge. And so that's, that's quite far from Will Smith and iRobot, but that's a whole lot further than where we were when iRobot came out. So that's what excites me about STEM, this, this possibility of we get to invent the future. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you put that, the possibility to invent the future. That's great. What was the best decision that you made while launching your career? Or best experience, I guess, too. Yeah, I would say the best decision for me was actually getting involved in undergraduate research. In college, you have this, I guess, opportunity to kind of work with professors or researchers to get a better understanding of kind of how is the science developed and how does that impact Uh, the world around us. And so that really challenged me to think beyond what I was learning in the classroom and to think about how it's actually applied in reality. And that's usually the disconnect we have. I know as a middle school and high school student, that's what I often question. So why are we learning this? No, yeah. (laughs) How does this apply to anything? And undergraduate research really helps you to understand that. And so 
oftentimes the things that I did the best on in regards to like quizzes or tests or projects were the things that I was actually using in the research lab. So it was helping those concepts come to life. And that's oftentimes why when you're in class, your teacher will do labs. It's a it's an application method of what you're learning in the classroom. That same kind of learning pattern is effective even as you get older as well, that application. So I would say that's the best decision I've made. And that actually is what helped me launch um, my first job at um, Dow. I was an engineer responsible for a microbiology lab. And so my experience as an undergraduate researcher set me apart from the traditional chemical engineers who just had regular co-op or manufacturing plant experience. That's awesome. Contrary to the last question, what was the biggest failure that you had to overcome to launch your career? I would say the biggest failure I had to overcome was actually challenging classes. Uh, I think most people think engineer or a scientist has always made excellent grades and has always grasped every concept the first time they're presented with it. And that's not true. Um, (laughs) We all have those classes that we struggle with or the concepts that are a little bit harder for us to kind of understand and grasp. And so those, while in engineering school, uh, I learned very quickly that my study habits were not, I guess, most effective in a college or collegiate setting. Um, And so I was used to a teacher assigning homework and they assign reading for you. And then you go into class and you recover everything. Some college classes are not like that. Uh, You may have a teacher who doesn't assign any reading and you just have quizzes and tests. I actually had a, I had a few classes like that. And so it was kind of self-paced and on you to really uh, understand whether you grasp the concepts or not. You may not even have any homework for that class. And so I would say that's been my biggest challenge, uh, learning how to learn, because oftentimes we are we're giving the mode of how we learn best based on how our teachers are teaching us. But in college, you really kind of uh, get that opportunity to learn it yourself. If you can figure that out through middle school and high school, it'll definitely set you up for success. So how do you best learn? Are you a tactical learner where you actually need to do it? Are you a written learner where you have to write things down to remember? Is it auditory where you can listen and remember? And in some cases, It may be a combination of all of those. And for me, depending on the subject, it was really that. It was a combination of writing things down, plus looking at it, plus also hearing it as well. So I would actually start to record the notes um, for my class. And so it's a good idea. As I would read the written notes that I would write, I would actually listen to the class again. I would usually do it like 1.5 or two times the speed, but it would definitely help me kind of reimagine what I saw in class that day. Yeah, that's your STEM mindset right there, figuring out how to solve problems. That's awesome. It all ties back together. Yep. What were some of the experiences growing up, whether that be socially or academically, that have stuck with you even to today? So in high school, um, I was a part of a program um, that was focused on young male development. It was through a fraternity called Kappa Alpha Psi. And the program was called Kappa Leadership Development. And the goal of the program was to partner young high school students with professionals who are part of this fraternity um, and kind of teach them about what it means to come of age, to be a man, and then also kind of to excel and have your place in society. But it was truly about challenging us to think about 
what what contribution can we make to society, right? I think that individuals in some cases may not think about kind of how their passion aligns with their purpose. Um, and so that program really helped me to align passion and purpose. So I was passionate about STEM, but how can I generate new concepts or create new technology that can benefit society and not just the rich of society or not just the poor, but for everyone, technology that everyone can benefit from. Yeah. And then also at the same time, think about what about the next generation? Because as a student in this program, I was surrounded by statisticians or engineers or lawyers who were given back to me. All of them weren't STEM related, but they were definitely thinking about how can their experience or knowledge be passed down to us. And so I try to pay it forward in what I do today. Yeah, that's awesome. What does a great day at work look like or feel like to you? Yep. So I, I'm a people leader, <laughs> which means I, I manage uh, scientists and engineers, uh, but then I also am a scientist myself. And so I run experiments. So I would say a good day at work is when I have some awesome one-on-ones with my employees to talk about their experience, their last month of performance and kind of think about what they're passionate about and what they want to do. I really enjoy talking about career development with my employees. So where do they see themselves in the future? And then how can I help them get there? So that's definitely a, a check the box or a great day for me as a manager or people leader. I also enjoy the science aspects of coming up with uh, new ways to solve our problems. So we work with bacteria um, and we can't really talk to the bacteria. So we have to think of ways to figure out what environments or surroundings, whether it's food or temperature that they enjoy to produce the products that we want. And so in some cases, we're designing these complex experiments to figure that out. While if you're going to the doctor as a human, the doctor just asks you, how are you feeling today? Or they prescribe you medicine and they're like, well, how did that medicine work out for you? And they monitor you. We kind of do the same thing. We we use different feeds or food <laughs> and try different environments for the cells to see which ones work the best. So that's an amazing day for me when we can design an experiment that works. Um, and then if we can't design one that uh, works or we had the right hypothesis, it's great for us to even just get information that'll help us design the next experiment. So yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like so much fun. Like it sounds so interesting what you do. Obviously, I'm sure some things have changed since COVID started. So how has COVID impacted your day-to-day -day work or your job? Sure. So uh, with COVID, I actually changed from being in the office every day um, to this environment where I'm split between home and office. Um, so I go into the office to check on the laboratory, to check on the team. I, I definitely try to do my one-on-ones um, in person. Uh, but before we would kind of go grab a coffee or sit in the cafe very close to one another. And now our one-on-ones are more than six feet apart. We have yeah. masks on. We actually go to kind of our lounge area and push the chairs as far as part, far apart as they can go. Um, and then that's how we do one-on-ones. But it's been really effective in that way. 
when COVID first happened, we were really trying to think about how do we continue to do business in a safe way? So oftentimes we were doing things before everyone else. So I think before every, everyone was required to wear a mask, my company had implemented a mask policy where everyone was required to wear masks. Before everyone was asked to stand six feet apart, everyone here was <laughs> standing apart. And so it was really thinking about how can we build teamwork and ensure the work gets done um, in close proximity to one another. And so that was definitely a challenge. I started in this role, or I, I took this job early last year. And so one of my goals was really to work on team building because I had just started as a leader in this group. And so I wanted our... <laughs> oh... <laughs> Yeah, so I wanted our team to like do coffee hours where we would go once a month or actually I think I said every two weeks and we would go to our cafe and drink coffee together in the morning and just talk about what's going on in our life uh, or go to Top Golf and do a golf outing to build teamwork. So we really had to think about how how does team building exist within a virtual environment? Even today I have to think about how do I play Dungeons and Dragons without being in front of each other? in front of other people. And so we play online. And so we took that kind of same concept from a team building perspective. And the team actually does like virtual games. We did a virtual escape room. Oh my goodness. Right now we're doing virtual health challenges for a step competition. So my boss actually is in the UK. Um, and he rides a bike. And so we have to think about how does biking translate to steps and how does that compare? And so I think COVID has really taught us like how do we engage with one another in a virtual environment and kind of think outside of what we're used to um, and think about kind of what are the main aspects that we're trying to preserve and how to get those in another way. Yeah, that's awesome. And seeing all the ways you've created um, community through virtual environments, that's awesome. How does your organization cultivate young STEM-minded employees? Is there anything that you do for that? So Corteva has a program called Corteva Grows. Um, and a part of that is a science outreach arm. I mean, it's focused on individuals, kindergarten all the way through adults, or as some call it, K through gray. <laughs> and, K through gray. Yeah, I love it. And so our employees through this program are enabled to basically go out in their community and talk about STEM. The goal is to create more science literate individuals among society and make science in a way that people can actually understand and relate to it. So it's, it's not something that people are afraid of. So for me personally, I've done events where I've gone into middle school classrooms and taught them about how to launch a product. So I created a, a toolkit or I guess a, a program called Chocolate Broccoli. And it teaches uh, kids about how to create a new product, uh, <laughs> chocolate broccoli, and then <laughs> how to investigate where they would sell it, um, where they would produce it, how they would grow it, how much would they sell it for, how would their social media campaign look, look how do they interface with scientists, what are the key concepts that you want to tell customers. And so it kind of talks about all of these aspects of business from supply chain to finance to marketing to even the R&D or research and development or science stuff in a way that students can actually understand it. So that's really my way of continuing to engage in the classroom. I've also done like virtual tours with 
um, students or, or talked about my career and kind of how I got to where I am and give advice in those uh, ways as well. Actually, this week I'm going to a recruiting fair to recruit college level engineers uh, to come and work for our company um, in an internship. So I love yeah. doing things like that. That's so neat. When you go to all these things, what's one piece of advice that you would give them um, for their future careers? Do something that you love to do. That would be the advice that I give you. There are a lot of people in the world who do jobs that they don't enjoy because they feel like they have to. And so, again, back to what I said, find out where your passion meets your purpose. And that's your sweet spot. That's where you want to focus. And so if you want to work at Starbucks and be a barista, be the best Starbucks barista that you can be and make sure that every person who walks through the door has a positive experience. Or if you want to be an astrophysicist, be the best astrophysicist that you can be and discover a novel way to get to a new planet or how to determine the size or expanse of our universe that we live in. So whatever that passion may be um, and whatever you feel like your purpose is, figure out how those align and make sure you're having fun while you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love your passion meets purpose statement. Like that might be my favorite quote from all of these podcasts. So far. <laughs> Are there any books or things that you've read and explored that you would recommend for readers or young students? Yeah, so there's a really good book that's called Brag. And it's really, I guess the full name is Brag, The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn Without yeah. Blowing It. Oh, I love that. And so the book is really cool. Um, it, it's by Peggy Klaus. And it's really talking about how do you market or present yourself so that people know kind of what you're capable of and what you've accomplished. I think the average person has trouble talking about kind of what contributions they've had, how it's impactful, and again, how their purpose aligns with their passion. This book will really help you, whether it's through a job application as you're getting your first job, or if you're going into university and you're doing an interview, trying to get there, or even applying for a scholarship. The concepts in this book really kind of hold true to this thought process that you are your best advocate, um, but you really have to think about how do you create that story so that your listener is interested in what you do and also kind of understands what value you bring. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't have any questions left on my paper, but now we're going to give you a couple minutes if you have anything else you'd like to say about your company or about your job that you think listeners should hear. Yep. So Corteva AgriScience is really focused on developing really cool science and innovative solutions for the world around us. Our goal is to create products for the consumer um, as well as the producers, ensuring that future generations have a world to live in and have the necessities that they require to survive. And so in some ways, that may be coming up with new products to figure out how we could meet nutritional deficits or needs that people have as they're eating food and may lack certain nutrients. Or we may be trying to figure out the, a new way to protect against a pest that exists within an environment. It's really cool to work for um, an agriculture company that's really focused on the consumer and what will a consumer look like in future generations? Because we only have one world. 
Um, and we have one environment. And so we have to do our best part to ensure that we have a world for the future. Yeah, I love that. Thank you to Jonathan from Corteva for joining us today. He taught us about technology, being an enabler and connector, and creating products everyone can benefit from. We hope you learned something new. If you'd like to learn more about TechPoint Foundation for Youth and the thousands of students we serve in Indiana or the programs we provide for STEM education, please visit techpointyouth.org.